Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. Ooh, I'm glad I remember how to do that. You it is it. <laughs> Thursday, May 27th. I am back today uh, and, of course, back in studio. Well, I'm in the L.A. studio while the rest of the team is in the East Coast studio. Kevin, my husband. Hello. Mr. Menounos, who has held down the fort along with Kelsey. um, And Pooja is where? Pooja's on the Zoom being a queen. Okay. In in New York. Where is she? She's in New York. Okay. So we've got the East Coast and the West Coast covered, but... Um, I wanted to come in today, you guys, and catch up with you because it's been a while and um, and I've missed everybody. I've missed doing the show. I've missed the Heel Squad. Um, shit, I'm going to cry. Oh, we've missed you. Oh, Queenie. Queenie. I didn't, I didn't know I was going to cry yet. Mm. Anyway, um... So first of all, really important. Brad Pitt got joint custody of kids. <laughs> Super <laughs> important. Holla. Yes, Brad. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Owning um, it. Something to break it up a little bit. 
no, first and foremost, um, obviously I'm gonna share with you guys kind of a, <laughs> a, a truncated version of the last few months because I think my last show was like the end of February, right? Yeah. Yep. And now it's the end of May, it's a long time. But before I get into that, I wanna thank everybody um, first and foremost, uh, my husband, Kevin, for filling in and, and taking the show on his shoulders and going to school every day. Um, my favorite part was every day be like, Oh my God, you gotta listen to this one. This one was so amazing. And he's like, now I'm you saying the same thing. Cause every day I would be like, no, 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 you have to listen to today's episode. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and so, um, who you did an incredible job and I'm so grateful to you, Kelsey, I'm so grateful to you for hanging in. Um, not easy to have to live on the East Coast um, through the nasty winter that I know you do not enjoy. <laughs> um, and also to have to live in a sick house is not yeah. easy. Um, so thank you oh, I for love that. You. Love you. Um, so yeah, you guys really killed it and you gave me my space so that I could do what I had to do with my mom. Sorry. Um, so thank you. And thank you to the heel squad for not abandoning ship when I left, because then I wouldn't have been able to leave and do what I needed to do because we would have panicked and wanted to, you know, continue on with everything. And I really needed to be there with her and I, I couldn't do it all. Um, it was too, too hard for me on my health and all of that. Um, so thank you to the heel squad for hanging in. Um, and thank you to all of our amazing sponsors for hanging in because, um, Kevin's not me, <laughs> No, nope. but he's the closest thing. Um, no, not even shout out, shout out to sleep number who came on board by the way. And we got the most amazing bed from sleep number that like literally changed our lives at the right moment yeah. when no sleep was like going to be a consistent issue because of emotions and mental reasons. Oh my God, that bed has been heaven. So um, shout out to them. And of course, all of our incredible sponsors and Brett and Ryan who have been killing it on that end. Um, and of course our amazing interns and um, Pooja who's now on the team as well. And, Steven and everybody on the show who has been working tirelessly so that um, the show can keep on going. So thank you to everybody. Did I leave anybody out? This is like the Oscar speech where you forget somebody later and you're like, shit. <laughs> what about Winchenza? Yep. Winchenza. Oh, Winnie. Winnie definitely helped a lot because she kept my little Winnie. She kept Auntie Kelsey comfortable. She's my best and warm. friend. But also, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, Maria, you know, uh, on the heel squad i mean you know oh and stephanie yeah um yeah. and stephanie who has become like so part of the team and i just love the energy of our heel squad coming in and now like working with us and helping us build this this community and this um you know this thing it's so funny because i feel like a lot of people will have these ideas and then they like you know, get investment money and then they're building a community and all that stuff. And like, this was all kind of ass backwards because that wasn't <laughs> the way we went into this. Like we went into this or I went into this with a passion for learning and growing and getting better and saying, well, if I'm going to do it. I want to do it with everybody I can and, and go on this journey with people who are like-minded. 
and then this all just kind of happened and heel squad like happened and so it's been really fun to see how it's all growing um naturally so did i forget anybody else before i move into stories honey i think you nailed it i mean i think you're right with um brett perrine has been amazing you know he's a friend of mine from college we've known each other for 30 years and he has just stepped in he's got so much passion and has really helped us getting the sponsors and the ads and you know and and then ryan rose who came in with him and then yes stephanie and with the heel squad and erica and leah and you know we just have a long list of people that uh yeah behind the scenes stayed with us and um you know, Maria, like not, I'm not even close to you. You'd have to. I mean, I, I'd have to. We'd have to go into. We'd have to get a Katie Cork or something like that. So uh, really, I'll tell you, I got so a, many messages from people that were like, "Kevin's amazing! Oh my uh, god, he's doing such a great job." My best friend thinks she likes you better than me. Alyssa, <laughs> <laughs> thing, because she knows you. When you know the person, it's 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 not as entertaining because you know them. But I, but um, you know, no, I think that uh, Kelsey and I, you know. It really was your fan base, Maria. That totally that kept it going, and um, and it was hard because um, you we're not you, and we'll never be you. And yeah. and then even your energy, everything, it's still not the same. But the fan base was incredible. Thank you, and you know, um, yeah, and just having to be around both for you, Maria, and for Kelsey too, to be in this house in the middle of passing. You know that what was going yeah. on in the background is, uh, yeah, it was intense. It was intense, and I'm sure there's people that were probably leaving out. And I'm sorry if we are. I I I, I wasn't expecting this because I, you know, Maria just finally wanted to come on the air. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure, Kelsey, is there anyone? I'm sure there's people that um, I'm sure they'll come to us. But I think well, guess what? Do. We can do this again. Yay. There you go. Yeah, you're right. There you go. You're right. <laughs> Let's get into things because, um. I think uh, I think for me, one of the reasons I wanted to come back right now is I when you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. You know that we're going to take a little bit of a break so that we can kind of digest everything that's gone on and deal with all of the emotional components of it because it just shifts and changes every day and if you've lost your mom or someone super close to you like that you know like one day you're good one day you're bad another day you're okay another day you're feeling guilty like there's all kinds of emotions and we haven't stopped right no, that's, and so what is it that's it maria you know it's like i think a lot of people deal with loss and, and they have to go back to work the problem is is we haven't stopped no. so through your mom was sick for five years. 
we kept going. You had a tumor, we kept going. Pandemic came, we kept going. Our business had to be shut down, we kept going. We can't, yeah. you know, then we had to get her on a plane to come home and be like, we just never stopped. So, all the things that maybe other people, maybe a year and a half ago, I was thinking of this this morning, Mary, because we, you and I were texting back and forth about there's other realities, there's financial realities. Yeah. We've put so much off because our focus was, you know, keeping Lita here or trying to give her the safest and most amazing passage we could. But all the stuff maybe a year and a half ago, other people dealt with with the pandemic saying, okay, mm -hmm. business is shifting. We, we, there's only so much we could do in a day to keep this house going. We renovated the, we have assets in real estate, so we renovated the properties and we did that ourselves in house. But yeah, there's a lot that now we have to, we have to figure out what is the next, our next chapter look like? What does it look like financially? How do we feed ourselves? What's going to bring us joy? Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Facebook group and Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. So here's the deal. Obviously, I had a break from the show all this time, which, you know, doesn't mean that I had a break in life. Um, we were dealing with heavy stuff, but these guys have not had a break. And they had to, as I said earlier about Kelsey, they had to live in a sick house which um, is really challenging and a very busy house um, with you know doctors and everybody coming in and out and family. It was very intense. So they need a break. They have been working really hard to bank a lot of really incredible episodes so that we could take uh, a couple weeks off. And so for me, I really wanted to talk to you guys now while everything is still kind of you know, in the moment rather than waiting till July to talk to you guys. And then it's all just so gone and I'm trying to recall things. And so um, that's why I thought it was important for me to be back here today with you guys and, um, you know, kind of share the, the last few months with you guys. But these guys really need a break. And I know you guys know it because I've seen the comments. <laughs> I've seen you guys uh, write in about how bad they need a break. And Kevin's definitely on the brink of his own little nervous breakdown, I feel like, at this point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you hung on, boo. You really did. You, you did, did a great yeah. job. Um, but I guess I'll start, and I have, like, my notes here because it's a lot. Um, it started when I went back to L.A. at the end of February for work. And I remember being, I went to the dentist for my dentist appointment and I got in the elevator and I didn't know how to use it. And it was a really frightening moment because I just was gone. 
and I don't know what was happening in my brain. I just didn't know what the heck was happening. And so I tweeted in that moment, which is kind of the only thing sometimes when you don't know what to do, you go to Twitter in a, in a weird way um, because there's a community there. And I said something like, I'm in an elevator and I don't know how to use it. And the guy here either thinks I'm super high on drugs or he thinks I'm the stupidest human that ever lived. And I remember coming home and just not feeling right. And I think it was that next morning I had reached out to Gabby Bernstein and I'm like, I am kind of at my wits end and I need help. And she got right on the phone with me and she was like, that's it. You're going on a mandatory break, 30 days minimum. And she's like, I'll do the show. Kevin will do the show. We'll figure out the show. Um, but you need a, a total break. And she connected me with different people that she works with. And, um, and I just started going to work. Um, you know, it, at that point it was like, we had gone through, you know, my parents having COVID and the intensity of that, I'm still kind of unpacking right now when both your parents are in separate hospitals and they're both, you know, severely immune compromised. Um, it was a 24 seven, I can say now nightmare um, that I made the best of, um, but, you know, managing their care, checking cameras all night, you know, making sure caregivers aren't sleeping on the job, which did happen unfortunately in the very beginning until we got the right people in place. Um, it was really, really hard and I had a revelation. So I was looking back, I've been keeping a healing journey diary on my iPhone. And so I was keeping a journey um, diary of all the different people I was working with and the revelations or the epiphanies or the breakthroughs I was having so that I could share with you guys. And so one of them that hit me was that I hadn't realized because I, I started feeling guilty that I needed so many breaks and I had so little compassion for myself. And I know I've talked about this on the show before where I'm like, well, you know, my mom's been sick for almost five years. And like, I just, I don't give myself a break. And I don't think a lot of us give ourselves a lot of breaks, right? Cause it's not just me. Everyone's dealing with whatever they're dealing. We all have our something. Like in Greek, I said to my dad, I'm like, we all have our kati, we only must have kati, right? We all have something that we have, some hurdles, some pain that we're dealing with, whether it's a no family member or divorce or what. You're also leaving out the fact you had a brain tumor. Yeah. Yeah. In those five so, years too. We've had a few somethings, years, but yeah. I'm like, I kept trying to tell my dad, cause he's like, why is this happening? All of this is happening to our family. And I said, dad, we're not the only ones struggling with things and we have other blessings. And, you know, we have, all of us are, are super tight and, and we have a good system here. And so I just kept saying like, everyone's got something. So I wasn't giving myself enough kind of, compassion and it's something that I'm working on but here was the revelation and I know I told you two this before but Pooja you haven't heard this one I was like I've been like a gas tank on empty for so long and I just keep finding somebody to spot me five bucks so that I can get to my next spot and then I crash again and then I'm on empty and then I someone else spots me five bucks I'm like yeah <gasps> and then I die again and so I realized that Gabby's like 30 day mandatory break 
was so important because I've never really given that to myself. And um, because I've always had major things to replace with, right? Like even if I took a week off from the show, I'm knee deep in caregiving or my own health stuff or whatever. Um, so that was a really big revelation, but I did work with, um, this incredible somatic, uh, body work expert that I'm going to bring on the show. Um, I had, um, I had an Ayurvedic astrologer that I worked with that was so mind blowing, but he also does sound vibration work that was incredibly helpful. Like it's one of those things where you identify kind of what chakra is out and then you do this sound work. So I was working on the navel chakra shocking, you know, that's connected to my mom. And so I did that. I did a little EMDR with Tammy. Um, I really just kind of went deep on all of this stuff. I worked with Yogi Cameron and his wife, um, with some yoga Nidra and Ayurvedic stuff. I went on a 10 day, um, liquid cleanse thing, which is not like me generally, but, um, I was working on kind of, you know, healing my own tumor at that point. I'm like, let's shrink this sucker. And so, um, you know, I, I, I went on a whole journey, um, and I'm going to share all of the people that I worked with along the way, because I think it really prepped me for what was to come inadvertently because in the moment it was about me and me needing help, um, from my, my own kind of stuff. But then because I'm in the middle of my mom's stuff, which is also connected to me, I would talk to them about things and then I would have breakthroughs on that end. And so like, I remember working with someone about like, how do you, one of the biggest things at that point, as I realized where we were headed with my mom potentially was how do you deal with that day when you have to let them take her body? That was the scariest thing is like, how am I going to let her go? And I was terrified of that. And I couldn't talk about it without crying. And it was really, really hard. And then through all the work I did when it happened, and of course, Kevin shielded me from a lot of stuff. It was, it was doable. If that makes sense, where it was like, I, I thought I was just going to be inconsolable and it just a complete wreck. And so had I not done all of this work, I wouldn't have been prepared. So I feel like a lot of people don't talk about kind of death and how they deal with death other than like you hear people say, you know, go back right to work. And I did, um, or you hear, keep yourself busy or whatever, but you don't, nobody talks about like how to prep emotionally for the things that are coming. And there are people that you can work with. Um, Diane, the grief counselor that John Edward connected me with was incredible. So I feel like it helped me um, get to a place where I was okay when things happened. For example, I did um, yogi. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier 
kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. And his wife, Jama, helped me with Yoga Nidra. So yoga nidra apparently is like, it's like this 20 minute um, exercise that you do and whatever you ask for will happen. And so for me, I kept saying, either way, I will be fine. Whether we get a miracle or not, I'm going to be fine. So I was focusing on that in my yoga nidra sessions because I thought that was the most kind of um, the thing that I, I was worried most about, right? Because you hope for a miracle, you don't know. Um, and, and then again, when it happened, it was okay. Um, I had another breakthrough with Patty Penn, my friend and and Reiki healer. She came to the house while I was in LA and we were talking about, um, somebody that she had worked with and, and the lesson that I learned from the story that she shared with me was, um, you know, in my life, not only was I gaslit, but I gaslit myself because I was too afraid to ask for what I needed um, or what I was worth. Um, And so one of the things that we worked on was a tapping practice to reset myself every day and start. I'm so sorry, honey. Can can you back up a little bit? Yeah. Cause that's a big one. Like yeah. even Kelsey and I yeah. was like, Whoa, like, can yeah. you explain? Yeah. How I want to remember would, the story. So the story was how you would like, gaslit Maria and then how you went and gaslit yourself. Cause I feel like that is a common yeah, thing in, for women, especially. For sure. So if I can remember the story correctly, it was like this guy, he was like a beloved manager of a store and he had worked for them for like, you know, 20 years and everybody loved him and he was incredible. COVID hit and the owners, you know, were off, you know, living living the loca and he was struggling. He's like, I need, I need certain things to like be safe. And, and she was like, listen, she's like, you are not asking for what you need and you are committing the very same crime because you're not owning who you are, what your value is and asking for it. So you're in a sense doing it to yourself too. You're contributing to the to the um the cycle and so for me it was like oh by not standing up for myself in you know the journey of my life um i was also gaslighting myself because i was making myself feel like i was crazy right i was allowing them to make me feel like i was crazy and then i was like oh i must be crazy so i would change up my game and i would do everything i could to fit into their systems whosever system it was and so instead of saying no like this is who I am. I know who I am. I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a hard worker. One of the other things that I will put in tandem with this is what I learned with Brian, the somatic expert was, you know, with shame, it's so interesting. So we're all constantly trying to fit into systems because shame is difference. So once there's a difference, shame is what's felt. And so you don't want to feel that shame. So you try to fit in, right? Um, and so I would always try to fit into whatever system it was, whether it was 
someone who um, was going to shame me for eating healthy, I would eat unhealthy. If it was someone who was going to shame me for, you know, being super successful, I would downplay everything. That's A, no way to live. Um, B, you're just contributing to it and also making it all true in a sense. So it was, that was kind of the revelation. I hope I'm explaining it well enough. Um, but I started to realize like, I have to own who I am and, and, um, you know, and, and stop kind of crying when someone says I'm nice or I'm good because I shouldn't need someone else's affirmation of who I am. I know who I am, but because we go so quickly into like victim mode, because, you know, the world is harsh and people are, you know, not nice sometimes, you know, for me, anytime what somebody would say or do something kind, I would just melt. And I was like, well, why? Why can't I be okay with who I am inside and say, if you don't like it, that's okay, <laughs> you know? Um, so, um, so knowing how powerful you are, and you know, for me, that was a big thing, and knowing how connected I truly am, um, and starting to own who I am was a big part of this. And um, you know, it's there's so many lessons that I'll share, and I have like the journey, the journals for it all. Um, but you know, that was a big deal. So there was a lot of healing that was going on behind the scenes while you guys were you know, doing the show in the beginning. And then, you know, things started getting more and more challenging, um, you know, through this journey, like at some point it got to the point where we realized, okay, I have to, I have to switch gears from, I can pull a rabbit out of my hat and save my mom and reverse this somehow to, I have to maybe surrender to what's happening a little bit and now leave it to God. And that's a shift that's really hard when you've spent almost five years pulling rabbits out of your hat. And not just me, um, obviously, with an incredible team of people, doctors and healers and um, alternative healers and stuff. But I, I feel like whenever we were presented with that, that like scary moment, I was always able to figure it out. Um, and now there was nothing to really figure out. I couldn't, I couldn't beat this, you know, locomotive. Um, so at some point I had to transition and say, okay, God, I'm going to leave it in your <laughs> very capable hands. I'm going to now transition into being just daughter and then learn how to solve the little problems that were coming up, whether it was swollen feet or, her not eating solid foods anymore and learning like, okay, I got to puree things or like, and you're coming up with it yourself. Some of them they're telling you, um, you know, the hospice nurse will share, you know, ideas with you. And then they're also limited too, because what I found with hospice is they just are like, you know, drug them up. This is it. You know, they have um, a, a different kind of approach or at least, you know, what we were dealing with. Um, they know what's coming and they kind of see no point in extending that. And at the same time for us, I'm like, but this is our journey and this is her journey. And so you're here to aid us and support us in that. So if you're in this situation right now, my best advice to you is you steer the ship and you tell them how you want it to be. Don't let them tell you how it's going to be. 
It's what you and your patient are comfortable with and what they want. And my mom didn't want that. She didn't want us to drug her out and do all of that. And so, um, and if she wanted to keep eating, I was going to find a way to keep eating. So we moved to like those little, um, they're not needles, but the little skinny tube things you squeeze into the mouth. So when it got, yeah, eyedroppers. Thank you. So when it got challenging to feed her solids, we moved to that. And then she started to perk up and I was like, well, mom, do you want to sip with the straw now that you can? She's like, no, I like the dropper. I'm like, okay. Um, I took my cues from her. And I think that at some points, like the hospice people probably looked at me and I said this to them. I said, please don't look at me like the daughter that just wants her mommy to be here forever. I don't want her to live like this. I want to make her journey as comfortable and as pain-free as possible. And I want to let nature take its course on its own. God has a plan for her. I'm not interfering. And because I really, I've watched my mom be such a miracle for so long. I also didn't want to interfere with what could be her miracle by putting my hands into it. You know what I mean? You know, cause at some point they were like, their answers to things were like, just give her more morphine and more Valium. And I'm like, no, that's not what we're going to do. She's not in pain. She has an issue. The issue is solvable with some kind of medicine or, you know, whatever the situation was. And I said, if something is fixable, we're going to fix it. So, you know, there are some lessons in, in the hospice and the home health stuff that are really important. And we're going to do a whole episode on that. And I'm going to bring in the woman who helped us here in Los Angeles, because she taught me so much. Oh my God. She was like, Maria, they took advantage of you. And I was like, what? Cause every time I would ask her something, they're like, Oh, hospice doesn't do that. And I'm like, okay, but I, like, you're telling me she's in multiple organ failure and she's in kidney failure and she's dying. This was in January, right? When we got her home. And I, I went to bed that night. Remember Kev, I was like, should we be taking her to the hospital? Like something doesn't feel good. Like what, what if I'm doing something wrong? And it was like the beginning of the journey in Connecticut. And I was super upset. And I woke up the next morning and I said, okay, if she's in all of these things, then the blood work would show that. So I called and I said, I would like to do some blood work on her. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heal Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Hospice doesn't believe in blood work, they said. I said, okay, but how do I verify what you're saying by just looking at her? And they said, um, you know, we've been doing this a long time, blah, blah, blah. I said, I really would feel more comfortable with blood work. I'll just pay for it. So I paid for it out of pocket. And then they had a call and tell us that my mom had healthy 
perfect blood work, like that of a 35 year old healthy woman. So I said, so she's not in multiple organ failure. She's not in kidney failure because the doctor kept saying, just let her die. Just let her die. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm not God. Like, I'm not just holding her here, like against her will. Like, I don't have her at gunpoint saying you have to live lady. This is insanity. There was also, so, there was also remember we were on the path of recovery. COVID came prevented us from getting further treatment for the tumor that's what ignited the tumor and our goal was to try to pull her through the covid symptoms get her strong enough again to get the treatment and get back yeah. on course so yeah. it wasn't so much like we we were just waiting for just one giant miracle there was an actual plan and knowing Lita, knowing that she wanted to be here, knowing that she had mm -hmm. an incredibly high tolerance for pain, we factored all that stuff in and we're thinking like, okay, hey, if is if she's comfortable and we can pull her through this plateau, there's a yep. chance that we can get treatment again and get back on course. Yeah, because her, and thank you for bringing that up, her doctors here in LA said, listen, we can do this pro protocol they used in Canada, which is like a very, very low dose of chemo. And she's always responded really well to chemo and had no side effects. And so they were like, it's worth a shot. So we were, you know, doing the small doses of chemo and she was super weak. And I'm like, mom, are you sure you want to keep doing this? Yes, Maria. She was very, very clear that she wanted Sorry. to do it. 100%. And so um, how could I not give her what she wanted? Right. Like I was like, Ugh. and at some point I had to make the decision to stop it because I also know that with the brain tumor, it affects her brain. And I was like, I don't know if she really knows what's going on here. And I had to make the decision to pull the chemo. Um, and that's when we kind of shifted into, okay, now we got to leave it to God, but you're right, Kevin, in the beginning, we were still trying, um, and so, you know, it's, it's a frustrating process because when you've never gone through it, you want to just trust the people that are there. And what I learned is that it's just like everything else. You have to highly manage everything. It's, you can't just lay your trust in anyone, in any field blindly. You have to question, you have to do your own research. Um, and so, um, you know, it's 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 a journey and we will do a whole episode on it so we can share with you guys the the tips and tricks and the things that I learned. But if you're in it right now, fight for what you want. They have to give you apparently what you ask for. So if you ask for a suction device, they have to give it to you. They don't want to because they lose money every time they administer something. Every time they give you medicine or machines or physical therapy, that's more money that comes out of their pocket. They get an allotment of money the home health nurse here told me it was like $8,000 a month for a patient. The less they give you, the more they make. I did not know that. Now I know why they kept saying, oh, hospice doesn't believe in that. Hospice doesn't believe in that. Because then I looked up and Googled, does Connecticut hospice believe in blood work? And it said, yes. Um, and so it's it's frustrating that I did not not know that then. And, you know, it's, it is what it is, obviously. There's um, also, Maria, there's also ego involved, right? Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, for us in our situation, I never really heard from anybody after that blood work. 
um, you know, you can't just look at somebody and just guess. You can't do that. That's kind of irresponsible. Um, and so, you know, um, yeah, the very people who are make, making the diagnoses when they were proven wrong, it was like a blow to their ego. So then it was like, well, F you, now we're not going to do anything for you. Like, wait, yeah. what? Like, you got what I loved about our doctors and our, the doc, the primary care doctors we've had for Maria, for, for Lita, was the fact that um, they showed little to no, I mean, no ego. Dr. Black, yeah. Dr. Rudnick, these, and by the way, brilliant men world-class, world-leading, and yet when Maria was like, nope, I want to call an audible. I want to do this thing alternative. I want to go, you know, Maria, okay, you know what? I've, here's what I've heard about that, but you know what? Okay. you. And then they got to the point where like, hey, you've defied all the odds, Maria. You know what? Go with your heart. They were amazing, but then you get caretakers and doctors who they take it personally. That yeah. they that yeah. they 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 just want to be right rather than we just kept using. Let's go back to what's best for Lita, not what's best for us. What's not what's best for our egos. What's best yeah. for Lita? Then, even after when it, she was really fading, okay, now what's best for Costa, who's elderly and sick himself? But yeah, you, you with the caretakers, Maria, we were seeing that ego was really coming into play because it was like, no, no, yeah. no I'm right, and I'm going to prove to you you i'm right and it's like no 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 it's not about that what yeah, is best I mean, for our pay this person here can you imagine you're all of a sudden we get to connecticut and they're like she's in multiple organ failure she's dying this is it and everyone's crying and everyone's a mess and it wasn't even true no it was a urine <laughs> it ended up being a urinary tract infection no she didn't even have a uti kev it she was no there, there was just, it was some remember the pessary maria was yeah, I think it was blocking, blocking. The, the urine, but also there were things that were happening. There were like little breakdowns that we healed with energy mm -hmm. because we did energy work to release her bladder. How many times? We did three times yeah. yep. and then she got on track. So there was some blockage even before the, uh, even after the pessary, mm -hmm. but you know, like there, it just, it's, it's a thing. And when, okay. did, and when we did, and I want to tell people out there, when we freed these blockages, she, mm -hmm. Lisa was with us and we had yeah. wonderful moments, precious mm -hmm. moments. And the caretakers were touched in those moments by Lisa mm -hmm. that at the end they said, you know, when she told me this story or she said that I'm now going to go back to school, I'm going to stay in school because yeah. of the moments they had with Lisa when you, because of the work you, you and the workers did, Maria, brought her back for like, you know, life-changing and, and mission-fulfilling moments. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think one of the things that I can empower other caretakers out there with is like, use your own gut and your own instinct, right? If you, like for me, I am really tapped in and I'm really connected with my mom and I'm really connected to God. So I ask and I hear the answers, but, you know, follow your instincts. Like there were moments where weird things I would be you know, kind of guided into a weird moment. Like, you know what? I'm sitting by my mom's bed right here. And we're like, you know, head to head. And something told me to go sit in between her legs at her feet. I was like, okay. So I went, I sat in between her legs. I lifted the blankets and I saw her feet were like swollen and super red. And I was like, oh my God. So I was like, basically led to it. Now their solution is give her more drugs. And I was like, okay, maybe if I... Maybe she has like 
ingrown nails or something. I gave her a pedicure. And then I was like, well, you know, maybe they're infected. Let me put some hydrogen peroxide foaming, foaming. So I'm cleaning them, cleaning them, cleaning them. Maybe if I put some Neosporin, I go grab the Neosporin and I never knew, I know this is kind of dopey. I looked at it, it said antibiotic cream. I go, oh, I didn't know Neosporin was literally antibiotic cream. I'm like, let's try some of this. In hours, her feet were perfect. So I, I just think that they're never going to come up with those solutions that are like nitty gritty because again, their philosophy is they're just going to make somebody comfortable as they pass. I didn't want my mom in all those different pains. So, you know, Kevin would come in and give her CBD massages to take swelling down. I would, I would massage and try to do almost like, like lymphatic drainage stuff on her legs when they would swell. And, um, you know, her her oncologist had said at one point we thought maybe she had like a blood clot. She was super swollen at the knee and it was scary. And, um, I did energy work on it. We did the CBD, you know, massage, kind of the lymphatic thing. And then it was all good. And he had told me at that point, he goes, most of the time we don't lose the brain tumor patient to the brain tumor. We lose them to a pneumonia, to, um, a blood clot. And one of the things I was proud of in the end is none of that happened. And, you know, to me, you know, I just. I didn't want my mom to have any of those pains. And and it was like an interesting experience. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Experiment to see how many solutions. Like I always thought I was like a female MacGyver. And I really like became like a medical MacGyver. I have a solution to everything. And if you really think about it, there's just a few things that we deal with. And inflammation is a big problem that leads to diseases, that leads to pain in your body. So CBD is a really good solution to a lot of things. The BrioTech, by the way, huge solution to a lot of things. She had a little cut and um, healed it instantly with the BrioTech. Um, it's, it's a spray that Kelsey introduced us to um, that's, uh, kills bacteria, kills COVID, cures HPV. It's pretty insane. You guys should look it up and we'll have the founders on actually Kelsey, remember that yeah. we should do an episode for I them because that. their product's amazing. But I figured out kind of workarounds to the littler things and would have like the mini victories along the way, because, you know, you have to have them. Um, and then, you know, along the way I was filming and um, if you guys didn't see my COVID diary, I edited together a little COVID diary about what it was like um, dealing with that and caretaking for the two of them in that journey. And, um, you know, there were more moments of kind of like apologies and stuff. And uh, if you go to my 
Instagram and the link you can see it's called mom, dad, COVID and me, if you want to check that out. But I said everything I had to say, and I had John Edward in the back of my head for the longest time for years. He just kept telling me, you have to have your conversations with her. There are conversations you need to have with her. And I know now I had every conversation I had to have. Mm -hmm. I apologized for anything I needed to apologize for that I would have felt guilty for later. I feel grateful that I had all those opportunities. Um, you know, the other thing that was really challenging was kind of the terror of leaving her for work. So the first one I had to leave her for was in February. Was it early February? I had to leave for live with Kelly or March. Yeah. I don't remember. I had to leave for live with Kelly for two days and the terror was so real because she wasn't doing well. And I was like, Kevin, I remember you walked me out to the car mm. and I'm crying. I'm like, what if something happens and I'm gone? And I just was so, so upset. And what I realized was it's almost like God would give me these little reprieves. And I got to New York and I had such a great time just being in a hotel room alone, going and being with my other family. Live with Kelly has become like a family to me. They're so amazing and so loving and getting to do what I love and, um, they were like mini breaks and mini reminders of who I am because I was really just inundated with like, you know, I kind of would joke to my closest friends. It's like, it's checking poop, pee, like making sure I know what color her pee is, like, you know, talking bowel movements. Like I was so deep in all of that stuff that, you know, you kind of lose sight of who you are and what you do and what your life is and your life just becomes about things like that. So it's, it's important for caretakers out there to have those little breaks um, and remember who you are. Um, and then it just kind of had to become, you know, how to go do Dr. Oz. And I remember um, vividly having a conversation with the grief um, counselor on the ride home and she was helping me with a lot of stuff. And, um, and you know, she said to me something that was really powerful. So what do you love most about your mom? And I said, well, my mom's the most selfless woman I've ever met. And she said, isn't that interesting? You didn't say her hair, her nails, her skin. She goes, it's not the physical body that you love. It's the soul and the soul is eternal and your love is eternal. And she's always going to be with you. And I thought that was really powerful and it really helped me a lot. Um, and at some point I had, I realized I'm like, okay, I have to be okay with when she chooses to leave. Um, I had to go to LA for work just what, five days before she passed. Yeah. And I was terrified again, I'm getting on a plane and I can't believe I have to leave right now. Um, but at the same time, I knew that I had to keep moving forward and that I had to keep um, a pulse of my own life too. And I remember saying to Kevin, I was like, I'm at peace now. I know I've done everything I can. I know I've had every conversation I've done it. Like, so if she decides to leave when I'm not here, then that was what was supposed to happen. And so I had to get okay with that. And I know that's really hard for people because in the beginning there's guilt, there's what will people think? I chose work over my mom. And that's all bullshit. 
And by the way, anybody who's going to think anything like that of you doesn't belong in your life in the first place. Mm. And, and I think that's something that if you can come to terms with before you're in these situations, it's really helpful. Um, you know, you, I promise you nine times out of 10, and this is now me polling many people who have been in these situations, the people you expect to be there will not. And that's why like one of the things after my tumor surgery that I wrote on my mouse pad on my computer was temper expectations, expectations. And you guys know, you did a whole episode on this, um, really hurt you more than anything will ever hurt you. Um, and I had to start shifting my mentality to say, okay, now we just have to be grateful for what we do have and who we do have and the people that are there and stop focusing on the people that aren't because the people that aren't aren't for a reason. It has nothing to do with you. It's amazing. Um, that people could even be jealous of the care an individual is getting because they see that they could, they would never get that kind of love and tender touch. Um, it's, it's shocking actually. So, um, you know, I, I had, um, even our house manager here was telling me that she was left all alone at the funeral for her dad. No one sat with her, not one family member. I was like, what? And I had family that walked by me and just went like this. <laughs> I was like, my uncle just like, I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange thing. Um, but you know, and I don't know, one of the things that I was exploring and we can explore more in a, a future episode is do friends feel like they have to step up more because they're not family mm-hmm. and that's why they're so incredible. And, and, and is that why they're, they can be so much better in a sense, but I don't know. I think it's, it's something interesting. Um, you know, and you know, this has been a really long, long journey. We were in a, in a limbo, 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 limbo. Like, you know, you're, you're living, you know, we're all living on the East coast in limbo. We don't know what we're going to do, where we're going to be, you know, how long this is going to be. Right. You know, the tumor had, I think it was quadrupled in size in two months while she was in the hospital. And while we were here in LA, you know, I didn't know how long it was going to go, but did I think it was going to go till May 2nd? No. Um, There were so many moments along the way where I thought it was the end, Um, you know, but we all did our parts. We were a great team and I'm really proud of all of us. And I definitely would have died without you, honey. There were so many moments. And by the way, you will have to do, we'll have to do an episode to teach people how to be a good support system because a lot of people just don't know. Um, and a lot of people break up in these moments too, because it is a lot of pressure. And so there were a couple moments where just like my whole body was just like in so much pain. I was suffering and Kevin would look at me. He's like, okay, get into bed. And then I get into bed and he start doing the CBD foot rub. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, can you, can you do my legs? <laughs> and then he would do my legs. Like, can you, can you do my arms too? And then he would just move up and do everything. And then all of a sudden, and then by the way, in the sleep number bed, there's a gravity position, a zero gravity position. So then I'd go into zero gravity and I'm like, oh, 
oh, thank <laughs> you, God, I feel so much better. Like it would just make such a difference. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to go through these things alone. Yeah. And then it's hard when, you know, people don't understand how to be there for you. And we've talked about this on the show before, how to be there for people. And we'll share more about that in the coming episodes as well. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to share was like really trying to take the time for you. Don't go down with the ship. Um, there were a lot of moments where we just fled and had to take a break where on a Saturday, Kevin was like, we are going to Mystic, Connecticut. And we're just going to have a day and that's it. And the world will go round and we would, and it helped. It helped to have that mental break. You need the breaks. Do not go down with that ship. Um, another thing I wanted to share was like, you know, we circled the wagons at some point, at some point I said to Kevin, I said, we need to stop the visitors. Mm. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's too much on her. People were saying stuff that they didn't realize was not like appropriate. <laughs> um, even the hospice people, how many times did I have to pull them aside and say, guys, do not talk about her condition in front of her. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. That's why we're talking about it out here. I go, no, but you just said in her room <laughs> over her body, she's declining. Why would you do this? You are a professional that does this for a living. Oh, no, no, no. That, and they would gaslight me. They would be like, yeah. no, I yeah. didn't. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Because they had to be right. There was such a shift, Maria, when you put your foot down and said, you know what? My my mother, this is no this is not a dog and pony show. This is not show and tell. If you haven't paid your respects by now, right, or made your peace with her, you missed your you missed your window. And that's it. And when you did that, Maria, it was like the last think week last week yeah. and it was just us it's just immediate family only her brother and sister and that was it and you know what it changed even the energy of the house oh yeah right and one, you felt it too kelsey one thousand percent every it was after that and it was after maria kind of put her foot down with the not so great hospice people and well that one more that, that point when an, you were like there's another story in that yeah, too yeah but we'll that, get there right yeah. but that one week where maria said because I would have, I'm again, Catholic masochist. I would have just let all the vampires keep coming in. And I was just watching your mom to make sure. But what I didn't realize is how much they were tapping all of us, your dad, all of us oh, were yeah. being drained and tapped and we're already crushed and exhausted. We didn't need any more. Maria was just like, no, that's it. No, that's it. That's it. Dad, done. No more. Just us. Mm-hmm. And at least yeah. it gave us some peace. Like It was really, it was really guys, it's really about, and I think this is another lesson for you. You know, um, the visitors are great and it's helpful, obviously. Right. And you need the support. My dad needed the support. Yes. Dad needed it. Um, and so I said to my dad, anyone that's going to make you happy, hundred percent, um, whatever you want, but at some point I said it now it's like, it needs to be about us now. Like we need our own time with yep. her. We need peace in the house. This is going to be the, the most stressful week. Um, it seemed like we just needed our own time. And it was really beautiful because, you know, having everybody there is great. At some point it gets exhausting. At some point, it's like you're cleaning up and there's so much chaos and activity and it's like, it's just, it becomes too much. So 
Um, everyone, you know, comes with good intentions and that's great. But for, at, for some, at some point at that week, I was like, that's it. We're not going to have anybody here this week. Um, and if at that point you hadn't said what you needed to say or done what you had to do, it's like, um, because she was asleep, she was asleep for this last like couple weeks. Um, she wasn't opening her eyes and I just started to realize everyone hovering in a room and talking about their lives and, and you know, she's just kind of there and they're all talking. Yeah. I was like, if I was in the bed, I just kept always saying, what would I feel like if I was in that bed right yeah. now? Yeah. And everyone's talking about forward progress. Everyone's talking about their lives. Everyone's talking about good <laughs> or bad things. I'm like, it's just too much energy for someone who's dying. Right. And I said, no, we don't want that anymore. And I couldn't hang up any more signs telling people what to say that's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And I just, I, I, there were just signs upon signs. And so, um, you know, again, some people would just with, you know, not realizing it's being like, you know, why won't you talk to me? I'm like, cause she's dying. <laughs> so, um, you know, th they didn't mean harm. It's just some people just don't understand. And so it was a really good thing to do. And I think, um, you know, it's crazy. Um, we all got such a, a great piece. And I, I was looking at my journals last night because I wanted to make sure I was giving not just the story, but good takeaway for you guys. Um, Cause that's always the most important thing for me. But I was realizing that, and, and you know, we didn't really know the, the new hospice that we brought in. Um, well, this was ballsy decision number two yeah. by Maria yeah, we, as a, as a leader. Well, you help me with that because I do have a hard time pulling flat tires. Um, I'm always afraid of the backlash and the, the drama that comes along with stuff like that because I just didn't have enough in me to deal with it, no, to be honest. But, you know, when you catch people um, gaslighting you and lying and whatever, you're just like, wait, uh, I, I just told you this was wrong you agreed. And then now you're gaslighting. I was like, I can't have that energy around here. So we brought in um, a new hospice. Can I really back this up a little more? Because this is really important for people, this move. Okay. Because I don't this... want to go too deep into it right now because I have so many things I want to get to. Well, so just here's the thing. Quiet. No, because it was such a gutsy move. Nobody would do this. We knew it was over. We knew. I didn't do it by myself though, Kev, because how many times did I almost chicken out? We were signing the papers with the new hospice and I'm like, oh, I'm like, it kind of right. seems like this might be the last week. Should I, shouldn't I? Well, and that's what, that's what like, most, okay. So that's what most people do. I'm yeah. older. I've been but here longer. Main, and, yeah. The main it, moment for me was when I said that to you and you said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I can't work with someone I don't trust. And you've already shown me why I shouldn't trust you. And that energy, as now we're moving into this moment, and now we're starting to get some peace and quiet in the house, I was like, I don't want that. And I hope the grass is greener. And luckily it was. Well, can I just say like why that. it was gutsy, but then also why it was the right choice and why I want to share it, Maria. It's really important because we knew it was over. We knew. We knew it was over. And so the instinct, of course, is go, hey, why not just let these hospice people come in and do what they're going to do? Mom's going to pass and they will, you know, handle the business involved in all that. And we could have done that, but we were like, wait, if, if there's any party of mine that's conscious 
conscience, conscious, conscious. Do we want her around that? No. And then we have to think of your dad, right? And do we want that energy around him? Do we want that on us? This is now his moment, our moment to say goodbye. Why should we have someone in there that's dark, that's jealous, that's that's I'm going to just be right? I mean, they've with all the things. I that, don't think she was jealous and she wasn't. Well, no, dark. no. I just she, said in, ge- was, in general, oh. I didn't say she was or she wasn't. I'm just oh. saying it would have been the easy thing to do to just ride it out with them. And yeah, that's what absolutely. most people would have done. But like yeah. I said, I'm at an I'm a man of a certain age. I've been down this road before and I was like, get, and most people wouldn't do it, but we brought in a new team literally for what, a week or two, Maria? A week. A week. But guess what? They were angels. They were loving. Actually, six days. Six days. They were loving. They were sweet. Angels. Did it not make a big difference for your dad and us? And we don't know for your mom, but you can almost bet. Did it not? Yeah. And were their behavior not contrary to what we were dealing with previously in the most positive way? Yeah. So guess what? Like, do not be afraid and do not think you just have to go along because you don't. I said, no, there's other people out there. They came in. They were wonderful. They were loving. They were supportive. Mm -hmm. You know, they were like, what else can we do to make you comfortable? We'll come give her massages. We'll do. They were just to the very last breath. They were wonderful. Yeah. And and I'm so grateful that we did that, Maria, and that you, you know, we made that call that most people wouldn't make. Most people would go, I'm I'm just going to let the system do what it's going to do to me. And I'll just take whatever is dished out to me because it's only a week left. Like, no, not mm-hmm. having it on our watch. My mom actually smiled. She did. She did. She knew. She She gave me that smirk. She's like, I know you're here, Kev. And I know you guys have my back and you always have. And I was like, Lita, and I always will. (laughs) Do not worry. Every turn she knew we had her back and we were like, Mm -hmm. no, it's not going to go down like Mm -hmm. that. So, yeah, it was um, it was crazy. But I'll tell you, um, I was reading. I I guess like I mean, I. I know I journaled along the way, but I wrote like a really intense journal the night before she died. I didn't remember. Oh, we were all in the room that night and I was writing a whole journal and I feel like I'll share it at another point. Um, but it was wild reading it back last night. And so I really encourage journaling through these processes, taking video and, and, um, because I was also able to, you're going to forget so much. And now that I have it documented, I can go back and be like, oh no, she stopped talking at this point. She started talking here. There are moments you're going to want to replay. You can. Um, It was really, really um, helpful to have both the written and the video um, to complement it. But, um, and then I remember it was, it was Greek Easter week, Holy week and Friday night, um, you know, my mom had been asleep for a while, a long while, like weeks, maybe. And, and Friday night we were in there with the caretaker, my dad. And I was like, Hey, let's, let's show some videos. Um, dad, I go, did you ever see the video of when mom was drunk after stand up to cancer? No. <laughs> so I start showing him these videos because 
you know, he wasn't there. That was the trip where you guys were back in Connecticut, Kev, renovating Peter's house, I think. And I had my mom, Alyssa, flew her out to me and we were here. And so we went to stand up to cancer. She had some wine and she was drunk. I found her on the back stairs and I'm filming her. And I was like, oh, she's like, money, I have to take off my pants. And I go, oh, no, don't worry. I got a guy for that. He's upstairs waiting for you. His name is Gino. Gino? I go, yeah, he's hot, mom. And I'm like, I'm messing with her. And she's like, does he have a lot of money? And my dad goes, Lisa, you're going to leave me for a guy named Gino with a lot of money. And we had this like fun back and forth. Yeah. And all of a sudden she's opening one eye to look at the videos. And I was like, oh my God, she's loving this. So I'm going through all the videos and we're having fun. And then went to church that night. Um, Saturday, you know, we were with her pretty much all day, obviously. And Saturday night, everybody um, left to go to church. My, um, actually my brother left to go to church. My dad didn't end up, he went to bed. And I was like, oh wait, I can go to church online. And so I found um, a church, I think it was in Tampa. And they're so cool and like hip that they had, um, you know, you could buy a candle online and they would light it for you. Mm. So I bought candles for us and they take a picture of them lighting it and they send it to you. It was like the coolest thing ever. So my mom and I did church service and I went to bed. And then that next morning, uh, one of my caretakers started banging on the door and I, I, you know, jumped out of bed and she goes, I go, is she okay? And she goes, I don't know. And I'm like, fuck. So I like run down the stairs. I put my pants on, run down the stairs. And I'm like, I have the stethoscope to her chest and my hand is just shaking uncontrollably, trying to hear if there's a heartbeat because they couldn't tell if she was alive. And so I couldn't hear anything other than my shaking hand. So then I put my head to her chest and I could hear a faint, faint heartbeat. So that's when I texted her brother and sister and said, hey guys, it's it's happening. She's leaving fast. If you guys want to be here, you know, you can, you know, come now. And so they did. And we were all around her, um, you know, hugging her and holding her. And, um, and then uh, I texted the hospice nurse and she was, you know, uh, she came and then pronounced her, um, pronounced her dead. And, um, it was uh it was so peaceful for her um and we were all there she was never alone not for a minute um and then the journey was over and i will say i kept i kept holding out hope for a miracle um and the priest had come on saturday and um anointed her again um, because we had done it in February when I was at Live with Kelly because we were worried and um, and so it was strange because my dad you know we're comforting my dad my dad was a complete mess Um, and then you know family you know my aunt and uncles um, her brother and sister came over and then they left because they had Easter plans because it was Easter Sunday. Um, and and then that was it. We were just kind of home alone dealing with that. 
um kevin and i went out like on the paddle boat on the pond and just kind of drank a beer and it was like the most surreal thing ever um luckily he had learned the steps of what you do when you think you know when they're pronounced and he called the funeral home and he had already done the funeral arrangements and they came to take her and he told us to leave and so you know and then also another big thing is they tell you if you have a pet to put them on on her and so we had beethoven her dog on her all the time but um while we were all hovered around her uh, before she passed he was with her then and after to give closure um and and then that was it like you know they took her i was in the backyard um and i definitely felt pretty instantly like oh she's not she's not there and i knew she wasn't there because i felt her when i was in la before i came home i think it was wednesday morning i had a full conversation with her when i was in la like all of a sudden we were talking and I was like, Hey mom, have you heard anything about the miracle? Like, are you going to get a miracle? And she's like, I haven't heard. And I'm like, shit. Okay. Um, well, wouldn't that be such a great ending to this story? She's like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Are we going to see? And like, we're talking back and forth. And I was like, I had this moment in the middle of the night at like 1am that night where I woke up with a, <gasps> and I didn't know what it was. And I think she had crossed. And so they say that you kind of, they kind of cross back and forth. So I realized that after we had the conversation, I go, oh, she's, she's on the other side right now. And then, and so I realized she had been kind of going back and forth. Like on Saturday, um, we went for a little walk in the woods in the backyard and I go, my mom would have loved this. And Norma, our neighbor was like, I just thought the same thing at the same time. She must be with us. And I felt that she was with us then too. And so when she passed, it was like, I had cried so much leading up to it that it wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I wasn't like that complete, like inconsolable mess that I thought I would be. Um, she really wasn't there. And, um, you know, it was, it was strange to not have her there but at the same time i was grateful that she wasn't in that bed anymore um and you know kevin and i think even that day left to go pick out her outfit which is a whole other thing holy moly that is not fun to do um you know you need to get something high necked and long armed and you know to hide things and so we did we got her a great outfit and and then the day before, the night before, Kevin went to go check on her and he was like, Maria, it, it doesn't look like her. You, you, you and your dad are going to be traumatized. You can't. So we ended up closing the casket, which is something that our church never does really, I guess. And, um, but the biggest thing is, is the church we were having the service in was so little that we would have been able to touch her. We were so close, literally touch her. We were that close. And so I was really grateful um, that we did that um, because I didn't need to have that be my last memories of her. And I didn't need to have that, um, that feeling, you know, it's almost like sometimes we torture ourselves unnecessarily, yeah. Like it's enough what we dealt with. Yeah. We don't need to be torturing ourselves more. And I think a lot of us 
think that that's what we're supposed to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and it's not the I I'm of the belief that it's not your mom. Yeah. It's just an inanimate object, and I and remember, like again, and I had to say this to family members. Costa, her husband, he's seventy six years old. He's 50-some-odd years type 1 diabetic. He's an extremely sensitive person. I've only ever seen him when he sees something that makes him, like, hysterical. He just tries to walk away. He cannot deal with it. I'm like, you're risking him having a stroke. Close that effing thing. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'm I'm really grateful. But I'll I'll tell you for anybody who's going through this. Cause I, I've even seen on my Instagram, a lot of people are like, I'm going through this. My mom died the same day or the day after. Um, or if you're about to go through this, when you have a long illness, you mourn for a really long time. Like I've been mourning for years. Um, and, and I didn't know it. And at one point, Kevin identified it because you're mourning her while she's alive because there were so many stages where I, I lost different pieces of her. Yeah. Right. She wasn't herself. And she was, you know, there were just things. And so the day she died, I don't think I cried very much. And I'm sharing that with you um, with trust that, you know, it's like, it's, it's a scary thing to admit because people don't expect that and they don't accept that. But I share it so that other people don't feel weird. Um, you work, you because- were constantly saying though, Maria, that day and the days after. I can't believe my mom's not here anymore. Yeah. Like, I think you go into a little bit of a shock for sure. And even at the funeral, I think because it was closed casket, there was almost a a surrealness to that too. Um, That I'm sure I wasn't the only one that felt that. Um, But, um, you know, it's, it's just everyone mourns differently. And I want you guys to all know that that's okay. Um, and, and in this journey since, I mean, Mother's Day was the next Sunday, which was kind of crazy. Um, and you know, it's every day is a different day. Every day it's a journey, this whole morning process. Like some days I'm great. Some days I'm a little sadder. Um, you know, there are so many kind of twists and turns to it all. So many things start to hit you. So many things you remember. Um, like yesterday I was saying to Kevin, I'm like, whoa, like, I, I don't know if I've come to terms with the fact that one day she was a 61 year old healthy woman. And then the next day she had stage four brain cancer. And then we were in a tornado from then on. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Like I want that mom back. Um, you know, we're, we're in the throes of the surrogate stuff and she's not going to be here necessarily in the physical sense that I would have expected. Um, there's so many things that, you know, you start to think of. Well, even Maria, for the decisions, like you said, there's a decision, major decision, some major decisions we have to make in terms of surrogacy. And you said, I can't believe my mom's not here to help because she always would have that gut instinct, that Greek female, like, instinct to go Mm-mm, this is what you guys need to do and yeah yeah that when you yeah, lose a parent no one's gonna have your back like a parent but then your mother also had that gift too yeah well then there's so many moments where i'm like i'll have a good moment i'm like oh i want to call my mom like, shit mm. i can't um 
you know, there's, there's so many things. Um, and at some point I'll share with you guys the speech that I had written that I wasn't able to share in the church. Cause it, oh, yes. it's accompanied by a very powerful video. Hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, for anybody who's mourning, there's no rhyme or reason to how you're feeling, just kind of go with it. And that's what I'm doing. Um, and stay in good energy as much as possible. Um, and just remember, like, try to hold on to the good things. I'm really grateful that God swapped my memories out very quickly and almost instantly from the sad stuff to the positive stuff, like to, I guess the best way I can describe it is the pre-brain cancer mom. I see her smiling and I see her beautiful and healthy. I don't really see the sick woman that we had at yeah. the end. Yeah. So that's a, a gift and it's such a miracle and blessing. And, um, and I'll, I'll share this last thing, you know, the astrologer that I was dealing with, um, that was helpful to me. I said to him recently, I said, you know, it's so wild. Like I can't, I'm kind of in shock at how I'm dealing with all of this. And he's like, why? And I said, well, if the thing I feared most in my life was losing my parents and I spent my entire adult life doing, and even my young years, you know, dedicated to keeping them alive in a very fierce, intense way, you know, that's to me, the fact that I'm still standing is just crazy to me. And he said, well, that's because if you feared losing them that much, that's a weight that is now lifted off your shoulders because you don't have to fear it anymore. It's gone. Wow. I was like, whoa, I know that sounds simple now, but I, I never thought about it like that. Now I have 50% less stress and anxiety that's lifted. So there's a relief that comes at some point. It wasn't instant, but there's a relief in knowing that I can be freed of a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of um, just a lot of worry and, and work and research. And, you know, there's, I know a lot of guilt that can come with that too, but at the same time for me, I've done enough work here on this show with people that I've realized like that's that's a good thing that's not something to feel guilty for because I did do everything I could literally everything I could yeah. um and so it's okay this is this is what's supposed to happen is you're supposed to feel relieved um it doesn't mean that I don't wish she was here with me right now and doesn't mean that if she was i wouldn't still be taking care of her i love taking care of her um so that's the story guys you know i think um there's a lot more to share but um that's what i got for you today i hope it's helpful to you in your journeys um if you're going through something like this right now or if um if you're en route to it um, I hope I can be, you know, a guide for you through that. Um, side note, I think we still have some, some medical equipment and stuff back there in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. If anybody is in need of anything that we could give you, um, you can just email us through mariamenunos.com 
and um, we'd love to give some of that stuff. Like we have the um, alternating mattress still, right, Kev? We do. Um, those are, you know, pretty expensive. And that's actually, for you who don't know, um, the reason my mom didn't have one bed sore, um, one tear, nothing, um, obviously is great caretaking too, but that alternating mattress is amazing because you can set the timer to like every 10 minutes, it will shift the weight of the body so that it's not always pressured on the same points. Um, so when you get hospice care, they send you with a traditional mattress. Um, they could, they will maybe ask you, do you want to pay extra for the alternating mattress? And I think it was like $1,100. I gave the one here in LA to someone who has an ill grandmother so that she could um, help her grandmother who already is dealing with some sores. And then um, we have the one in Connecticut. So I'm happy to donate it to anybody who needs it. We have medical supplies. Um, I have a wheelchair here in LA and one of those hospital trays left. Um, if I don't find anybody, then you know we'll find like, maybe we'll give it to like the VA or something here. But um, if you guys need help, um, we've got stuff. And that's that. Maria, I just want to say I think I speak for every single human being who's going to listen to this. Just thank you. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable um, just throughout this. I think it's something that doesn't happen often. And it's like, I mean, obviously we all know this is life and people lose people. But it's it's rare that you hear of someone like you, like who was a caretaker, like really in the trenches and it's, it's so crazy that, like, since you've started talking about it, we've really started opening up about it. You have all the people, like you say, who are coming on. They're like, this has happened to me. My Like, so many people are coming out and just saying that they're going through this same thing. So I just want to say thank you. And I don't have someone sick like this, but I know I've learned a hell of a lot from you being here and that I'm going to use and hopefully not have to. But if I have to, I, I now know and... Oh no, I just think it's it's really special how much you've you gave to your mom, but then are also just like paying it forward and giving it and sharing it with everyone. So thank you. Thanks, Smells. Thank you. Yeah, I um it was funny at one point I was like, maybe I'll go to like nursing school. Maybe <laughs> I mean maybe I'll open up a hospice myself. Like, you know, I, know. I, I feel like we really like, I don't know, old people really need our help. I know. They really suffer. Makes me really sad. You know, you know, like a lot of people don't have people to take care of them, and then it's just really hard. Like we have to figure it out. So I'm gonna be working on something for caregiving. Um, I have to figure it out. So, cause I like there's so many moments where I'm like, oh, let me just go into that situation and help them figure it out. You know, cause I kind of know so much now. Um. But yeah, I, I feel bad. It's it's really hard out there for people. And financially, it takes its massive toll. And then you're in, you know, you're in positions in life where you're having to decide over taking care of someone you love, or keeping the roof over your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't imagine the pain that people go through, um, you know, just to have the resources or when they don't have the resources to take care of someone they love. So that has to get fixed because no one should ever be in that position. You should be able to take care of the person that you love and give them their dignity and give them safe passage. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I have some ideas and some stuff I'll be working on, but, but first rest, (laughs) but first, as I keep telling Kevin, we need to like sit in our own home alone in LA for a while and really just, you know, you know, you guys have been great. I mean, I just left last week, but you know, our big thing was like, obviously we had to turn our attention to my dad and take care of my dad and make sure he's okay. And helping him over the hump. And of course, Kevin was amazing and all of that where, you know, whenever he saw us sad or just down, he would just be like, okay, we're going to dinner. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go to dinner. You're going to dinner. Your dad (laughs) needs to go to dinner too. Or he'd use one of us against each other to like make us go. And it always helped because we would laugh. And then that's another thing, by the way, (laughs) I remember like, you know, we're at a restaurant and we're laughing and like people must be looking at us and thinking what heartless people they're laughing and their mom just died or his wife just died. And, you know, please for people's sake, like, cause I don't, I don't care. Cause I know who we are and what we did. Um, don't pass judgments for others. Yeah. Um, it's really, really hard. And do you really think that it's healthy to sulk and be sad and depressed and all of that? It's not. And we should not teach each other that that's how it's supposed to be so that we are accepted and we're normal. Um, you know, it's, it's life and it's going to happen. You know, we're all slowly dying every day. We're all reaching that point. We're all going in that direction. We're not going in the opposite direction. So let's go with grace and be, be kind to each other um, in and these it, moments. You know, Maria, like I think that we always talk about Gabby Bernstein's judgment detox, but mm-hmm. that also goes for the friends and family and how they mourn too. You know what I'm saying? You don't know if, if they don't come up and embrace you very tightly. Maybe they don't know how to react. Maybe mm-hmm. the way they deal with emotions is to shut down. Yeah. Maybe there are, you know what I mean? So we don't, we really try to like lower expectations and don't, yeah, don't judge. I mean, God, just judge so much less. I don't think judging really helps. You know, when someone's overtly being a shit, right? (laughs) Oh, oh, I had my moments. Yeah. yeah. I love, by the way, I was like a sitting duck for people to take their pot shots. And I was like, take them. Everybody have your fun because these are the last ones you're getting in. So enjoy them. Huh. So there were there were definitely some uh, some interesting pot shots, and I was like, okay, I am I am strong enough. I can take it. I mean, and again, like I, I I just you know question people that are taking pot shots on those during those times. It's just oof. I don't even want to be anywhere near again, their karma. It's not or their energy. It's, yeah, it is what it is. But um, but yeah, I think uh, I think the less. Um, the less we judge something we don't know and haven't gone through, right? Because if you've gone through it, you know better. Yeah. Um, whether it's a dog dying or a family member dying or a sickness, like you have an empathy that someone else doesn't have. Yeah. Yeah, so just one thing. check yourself. But then Maria, sometimes you go through it and and even though you've gone through it... and Doesn't they, mean someone's going to react the same way. Yeah, you know what I mean? They may take it all in a different way. So it, it's you yeah. just have to have empathy for them and just try not to judge. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think we've all done a pretty good job handling this. I'm, uh, I'm happy my dad is, is doing well. And you guys have been doing such a great job this week without me keeping him, uh, in a good place and a good state. And well, there's your other shout out, Maria, shout out to Carolyn who sent 
cost us so much granola. He was so happy this morning. Thank you, Carol. And I just heard this morning one of our um, Hill Squad members who sent us uh, some beautiful care packages at Christmas with granola. Um, my dad just is obsessed with your <laughs> granola. Um, anyway, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Again, our team internally at Better Together, our Heal Squad, and everybody who's just been so incredible and loving. Um, and the prayers you guys sent all made such a difference. The energy was so powerful. So thank you, everybody. Um, you will hear from me again in July. We'll be back at it. Um, and I will be bringing on all of the people that I'm mentioning that um, I had incredible breakthroughs with and incredible healing moments. And I feel like uh, you guys will benefit so much from it. And, you know, we'll be back in the saddle. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends, and if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you, and Finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heal squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.